The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and get involved with the show using hashtag TFToday. And now, on with the show. Yes, yes, y'all! From the brand new Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show online. My name is Greg Tepper. I am the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, hello, Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. We don't want to tell you what podcast vendor to use. You just, you go, you go do you, do you. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there, Celebrating his 46th birthday today, a man who may have a claim as the handsomest man on earth, Idris Elba. He is. He's very handsome. Happy birthday, Idris Elba. Yeah. Isn't he going to be Bond? He better be. Didn't have is that was that a a Snopes thing? Did I get Snopes? No, that's that's that's, that's a real the thing. rumor. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. He's awesome in everything. He is amazing. Most importantly, he was Stringer Bell. That's true. He was Stringer Bell. Today is Thursday, September 6, 2018, 77 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 615, 615 is something I did not look up. Uh-oh. I had it up, but then I got I got, I got, got distracted by looking at Idris Elba pictures. Uh-oh. Hey. <laughs> hey, now. That's exactly what happened. Renee Gonzalez's OPS in his illustrious Texas Rangers career, 51 games in 1996. On today's show, guys, we're going an hour. We're doing it live. F it. Or are you doing it live? We are going to discuss some Thursday games, Texas High School football games you need to have an eye on uh, this weekend, uh, starting tonight. Uh, we'll have Thursday games. Then, big guest. Big guest. And if, I, if, if we had had a show on Monday, but we didn't because it was Labor Day, and if we had had a show on Tuesday, but we didn't because I was sick, if we had had a show then, we would have had this guy on then. We'd already booked Craig Way for Wednesday. But I'm glad we're getting him on. The head coach of your 1-0 Fort Worth Diamond Hill Jarvis Eagles. Coach Oscar Castillo will join us to talk about his Eagles snapping a 77-game losing streak, the longest in uh, the longest, second longest in state history, um, and the longest active streak when it was snapped last Thursday. So we will talk with Coach Castillo. Excited to talk with him. Then uh, we'll get the picks, my high school football predictions for week two of the Texas high school football season, and then back half the show. It's America's favorite segments, free money, where we give you your college football picks against the spread. Um, no, no ish today. He is a conscientious objector today. I ordered him not to come in. I don't understand. I don't understand. The flu, sir. I, I have two points to make to you. I'm feeling much. The better. flu, sir. I'm feeling much better. Is contagious up to seven days from the peak of the disease. Mm-hmm. We are not there yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, I think I'm. Not out of bounds by saying it's tough for you to get sick, right? You're not someone who gets sick very easily. That is correct. I have yeah. a, I, I generally have a pretty good immune system. Okay. So we've established that, correct? Sure. Do you remember the last time you were sick? You had the, the, the cough of death for three months in this office, and I had to share an office with you back then. And you know who got the cough of death? Me. And I never get sick. So... Did you get? No, I'm just saying, no, if no, something no, 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 no. got now, you, I, I you're to, especially potent. Now I need to, I need to. There's, first of all, I appreciate the compliment. Secondly, nothing you need to do. Did you when you got my cough? Yes. Did you get pertussis? Because that's what I had. Yes, and it took me like four weeks to get rid of it mm. because I actually treated it. If you remember correctly, you're just like, well, I guess I just got a cough for like all spring. Mm. That's how you handled it. I don't it. like doctors. I don't. Blame you. That's fine. I don't have an issue with that. But what I'm saying is, if you are sick, mm-hmm. it is especially contagious, and I trust nothing. And I definitely don't want Ish getting sick. So and let me, if someone has to be in here, he's going to be wearing this thing so far let, away from you. So let me ask you a question. <sighs> let me ask you a question. So I'm feeling – thank, thank you, everyone, for the very nice words. Um, I'm feeling a lot better. Um, I took NyQuil last night. I had big, poured myself a big glass of NyQuil. It's great. Uh, feeling a lot better right now. 
And so I do think I'm on the back end of it. I'm not saying I'm cured. I think I'm on the back end of it. Let me ask you a question, Max. Yes. So tomorrow, I think we can say this, um, I will not be on the show. Uh, right. Matt Stepp will be in here. Yes. In my stead. Yes. Um, doing the, uh, you're going to do mailbag. So if you have questions about specific games, save them for tomorrow. Uh, Matt Stepp and, and Max will be answering those. I don't know if you're going to bring Ish in here. Ish will be allowed Ish, to come in once you're be, gone. Uh, Ish will be yeah. allowed to come in. So there's that. The other thing. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought there. Um, so we will not do it. If, if I am, let's say I feel pretty good tomorrow and I feel pretty good Saturday and I feel pretty good Sunday. Will, can we be at full strength on Monday for the show? I'll think about it. Okay. I'll consider it. Okay. I might still wear this. That's fine. It's a good look. Honestly, I think it's a very strong branding move. Well, I figured if I was going to put something on my face, might as well have the well, logo, Well, you right? want to be anonymous anyway. That's fine. This I, is there like, is, everything here works. There's an argument here that this would, if I could just get a baseball cap, I'd be set. Uh, this would, yeah. Oh, yeah. You just look like the Unabomber. Yeah. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. All right, Max, let's get into a couple of games that pique my interest tonight. Um, there of, of course, tech, uh, week two of the Texas high school football season is getting going tonight. It's going to get lit, as the kids say. Uh, one game that I've got my eye on is uh, Midland and El Paso Pebble Hills. Midland El Paso Pebble Hills. This game, I believe, is at Midland. Did I get that right? Um, uh, you said no. This at, game's at, at Pebble, Pebble Hills. Hills this game's note. in El Paso, so Midland's traveling to El Paso. You know, Midland's a squad that I think uh, I, I think uh, expectations are getting raised for them. Uh, after after last year, I think a disappointing year, not up to their standards. Uh, but this is a a game bet- uh, between a Midland squad that I think could be on the rise and El Paso Pebble Hills team that we think pretty highly of, uh, a team that we think is one of the top teams in El Paso. So when you have these kind of regional uh, kind of clashes here, where you've got one of the best teams from the Permian Basin, or well, one of the rising teams in the Permian Basin going up against one of the best teams in El Paso. I think this is a good measuring stick for both squads. I think this is a good measuring stick, especially for Pebble Hills, where, you know, we are pretty high on this squad. We think that this is a team that could be, that the Spartans could be kind of on the rise and continue their uh, trajectory uh, in their young history. Uh, so far, so good for them, 1-0. This would be a very nice win in, uh, under their under their belt. They they were dominant in their week week one uh, win. I expect them to, uh, to put up a big fight against Midland this week. Uh, tonight. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So keep an eye on El Paso, Pebble Hills, uh, and Midland. Another game I've got my eye on, Waxahachie and Mesquite Poteet. We probably didn't talk enough, probably because we've been off the air a little bit, but uh, we probably didn't talk enough about how good Waxahachie looked in their debut under Mike Alexander. Mm -hmm. That win over over Ennis was really impressive. Obviously, um, a lot of a lot of the focus on that game was going to be on the return of Sam Harrell, and rightfully so. I don't think anybody uh, is going to, to say that it shouldn't have been. But this was a game where Waxahachie came and took the fight to them. They scored three quick touchdowns and basically never looked back. Uh, this is a team that I think has has a chance to really make some noise in the DFW area if they are if they're back to what they were under their best years under John Kitna. So I'm excited to see what they do tonight against Poteet. Poteet's an own one squad, but we know that that's, that's not going to last very long. Their, their, their week one loss to Denton Ryan, I think, is kind of understandable. Denton Ryan's team we expect to be pretty good. I think this defense for Poteet has a chance to be very good. And to me, what's going to be the big question is can they get their quarterback, uh, Dalton Tail, going? They, last week uh, against Denton Ryan, he was uh, kind of up and down, 8 of 15. Um, I want to see what he does against this Waxahachie defense. If they can get going, I think their defense, I think the Poteet defense, uh, that's always uh, what Coach Cody Groves has hung his hat on. If they can get that going, then I think that this could be a very interesting matchup between Poteet uh, and, uh, and Waxahachie. Let's go to another game. Two teams that I think made different impressions in week one. Smithson Valley visits Pflugerville Hendrickson. Was it Thursday night? That uh, was the Hendrickson Texas High game. I think it was. Yes, it was. So they're playing back-to-back Thursday night games. If you miss Hendrickson's opener, uh, you miss a fireworks show. Yeah, man. This they go. Uh, they take on. Um, I believe they go to Texarkana and play Texas High, and 
absolutely I'm sorry, no, that was at home. Fifty six to seven. A good what we think is a good Texas high team. They just smother them. That was one of those games that we were texting about all Thursday night, mm-hmm. like, hey, you guys seeing this? Like Hendrickson's up 40 to nothing on Texas High. Uh, I think it's time to start paying a little bit of attention uh, to what Hendrickson is doing, especially, uh, you know, we, we know Coach Chip Killian is a really good coach, uh, but we, we, you know, this is a team that, that made a deep playoff run last year, and I know that they were excited about some of the pieces uh, that they had back, uh, most especially uh, their big defensive end and offensive linebacker, Curly Young, and their defense led by Clifton Styles. But the offense is what surprised me. The offense came to play. Now they take on a Smithson Valley team that just that that now has to go on the road after losing to Midland Lee in the opener. A bit of an uneven start for the Rangers. Uh, look, I expect Larry Hill to get his boys together. Uh, I, I'm I'm really interested in how Smithson Valley comes out because this is an example of two teams that started in totally different ways. Smithson Valley started off slow and it just ended up in a loss and it just didn't work out. And nobody fired out of the gates better than Hendrickson. Um, what kind of adjustments does Larry Hill make? He's one of the best in the game. He's one of the winningest coaches in Texas high school football history. What kind of, uh, what kind of adjustments does he make uh, in, in week two? Uh, that is something that, to me, is, is, is very pressing. I'm very interested in this one, uh, most especially to see if they can get this quarterback Levi Williams going against what has been a very good front seven uh, for, uh, for Flugerville Hendrickson. Another game I've got my eye on tonight. Two more. Cedar Park at Round Rock Cedar Ridge. Two teams that um, are own one and two teams that I think could very, very realistically be staring 0-2 in the face. Uh, were you were you a little shocked? Not shocked. Shocked probably too strong of a word. Were you a little surprised by the fact that um, Cedar Park lost to, to Vandergrift? Hmm. It's a I good know. question. I know. Because um, I feel like no matter what I say... It's going to sound I'm disrespectful. I'm going to undercut one of the coaches. I know. It's, I, it's, not, it's not a fair question. And I love Coach Absec and I love Coach Sanders. Um, I'm not super surprised because I think we've all kind of agreed that Austin's growing and Vandegrift's in a great position as far mm-hmm. as growth to continue getting good players. And obviously they're extremely well coached. Um, and it's hard, uh, as any dynasty program will tell you around the state, it's hard to maintain that level of sort of invincibility that uh, Cedar Park's trying to maintain. Um, and they're and they credit to them. They're playing up too, you know. Yeah, and and to me, um, what's going to be interesting? Keep an eye on the the Cedar Park quarterback situation. Uh, Ryan Fiala, who started, who came in for Max Sexton last year and really acquitted himself very well, right. was really struggling last week against Vandergrift. They put in Ryan Hernandez, who's a little bit more mobile, to see if he can do. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do there. The other thing, uh, you know, then you look at a team like Cedar Ridge, right? Mm-hmm. Cedar Ridge is off to an 0 one start under uh, under their coach after you know a loss to uh, to Temple in the opener. Now I don't think there's any shame to that. I think Temple no. fans will say, yeah, we probably should have won that game. Yeah. Temple looked good, but Cedar Ridge was a team that that in a lot of ways uh, struggled to stop anybody. Forty five points a lot to Temple to a Temple team that that is still kind of finding their way offensively themselves. Right. So a lot of questions I think will be answered tonight when these two teams come together and and somebody's going to be zero and two and somebody's going to feel like. Uh, you got to wonder at zero and two, how exactly they, uh, you know, how exactly they react. Now, I don't expect either of these teams to overreact, but zero and two is 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 ugly, and and that's something to, to sit on. Speaking of which, two teams that are also probably unfairly zero and two, zero and one, zero and one rather. Yeah. Is, one, one of them will have to be zero. One, one of them will have to be zero and two. Is Houston Lamar in the Woodlands? Uh, Lamar, of course, lost in week one to, was it, uh, who they lose to? Uh, uh, Westfield, Spring Westfield. Mm-hmm. Don't think there's any shame in that. That's a good Westfield team. But this is a Westfield team, or this is an offense that could not get anything going. Um, this is a team we usually expect to run the ball pretty well, only 110 yards on the ground. Uh, average is three and a half yards a carry. That's, that's not the Tom, that's not the, the, the Tom Nolan standard. Uh, and so there, as, as a result, that, that's not the, the standard of the new coaching staff either. The Woodlands, on the other hand, took on Cy Fair, the defending 6A Division II state champs, and kind of looked like a team playing the defending 2A, uh, 6A Division II state champs. Uh, that looked like a, it looked like a party for Cy, for Cy Fair. It looked very Cy Fair. They beat them with their defense, and they ran the ball. Now, 
two teams with new coaches kind of coming together, both staring 0-2 in the face, who's able to make those adjustments? To me, my question is going to be who can get that offense going. You know, both defenses, uh, a little bit up and down. You know, they're fine, but I don't think those are the big concerns. The, the defense is what's the concern, or the offense is what's the concern on both sides. I think 28 points might win this game. So, um, excited to see who comes out in that one. That, that's, I think, another game that's going to sh- tell us the shape uh, of the Houston area. So, those are some Thursday night games to keep an eye on. We'll have complete coverage, of course, for you at TexasFootball.com. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across Lone Star State. I want to invite you to check out TexasFootball.com to become a Dave Campbells Texas Football Insider. So I was tweeting about this yesterday. And I'll be honest, so there's a new episode of Tap and Step Up right now. It's our premium Texas high school football podcast, Matt Stepp, our Dave Campbell's Texas football insider, and I nerd out about high school football every week. And uh, you'll get a season's worth of that, so every week we'll put out a new, a new episode. Um, I think, this is my personal opinion, I think that our price point, 1995 for the entire year, is worth, I think the podcast is worth that alone. But you also get... Uh, two magazines, the 2018 Recruiting Edition Dave Campbell's Texas Football, mailed to you right after Thanksgiving. You also get the 2019 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, the Bible of Texas Football, the one you want, uh, the, the one that comes uh, every summer, the one we get millions of questions about. You get that mailed directly to you. I believe subscribers got it a week early last year. Um, so you get that. You also get a year's worth of exclusive online content at texasfootball.com, including the aforementioned Tap and Step. You also get fantastic uh, high school football insider stuff like computer rankings of every Texas high school football team. That's up at texasfootball.com for week two. Computer projections of every Texas high school football game. That's up at texasfootball.com for insiders right now. Uh, Matt Step insiders, insider interviews, Texas football today extras, all sorts of good stuff. We got a lot of recruiting stuff from our new recruiting analyst, um, Greg Powers, coming. Uh, all that for the low, low price of nineteen ninety five for an entire year. Nineteen ninety five for an entire year. That's basically the cost of the magazines is what it is. Um, makes a great gift as well. It's TexasFootball.com to become Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Max, let's go to the Dairy Max Built by Nature hotline and talk to the head coach of the unbeaten, unblemished, 1-0 Diamond Hill Jarvis Eagles out of North Fort Worth. It is Coach Oscar Castillo. Coach, I've got to tell you, it is really, really good to talk to you. Well, I don't. <laughs> yeah, you you made me feel the same same way with that introduction. You know, it well, sounds like. Listen, we, we are so fired up for you guys. For those who don't know, Diamond Hill Jarvis snaps a seventy-seven game losing streak with a resounding win over Dallas Conrad last week. Uh, I know that this is not the first interview that you've done this week. Uh, what has this week been like uh, for you after snapping the state's longest losing streak? I, it's it's been tricky to uh, you know I'm trying to get back to work you know and uh, at the same time I want to celebrate my kids you know it's been a while and uh, you know when I got here there was a bunch of negative you know negativity and and now it's the time to be positive with them and celebrate them but at the same time you know I'm trying to get back to work. <laughs> And uh, it's, it's been a little tricky, to say the least. Yeah, I, I can imagine that you know the the celebration is 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 deserved. Obviously, it's been a long time coming for for uh, for Diamond Hill, uh, a program that's that's really struggled in over the past decade or so. Um, I, what what I want to know is when you take a look at um, you know when you take a look at 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 last week and, and the way that whole game unfolded or even the whole week unfolded when when did you feel like you had a chance that hey this could be the night or Thursday night could be the night uh, that we end this uh, that we end this uh, this nonsense well um, you know I, I never really felt any which way till the final minutes you know it's just me being me but you know a lot of people don't uh, up to that point we had never won a quarter you know mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, people that week were saying, hey, we got a chance to win a game and, you know, you know, this or that, this or that. And I'm like, guys, we've never won a quarter. You know, <laughs> let's, let's start with the quarter, you know. So, you know, we started talking about just playing our, our best 11, you know, both ways and, and not worry about the fourth quarter. Let's worry about the first. So, you know, you know I didn't know how we were going to end up because, you know, kids were cramping. You know, they were spent, you know, early. And so I, I, I couldn't breathe until the final few minutes myself. Uh, this is your this is your first win uh, as as a head coach, but you have been around the coaching ranks 
um, a long time. You were the defensive coordinator at uh, at Spring Lake Earth before coming here. Before that, you were at Louise Lubbock Coronado. Uh, you know, you were at Adobe. You were at Brazosport. A number of different stops along the way. Um, how did those stops? How did this travel? Um, you know, around the state and taking all these jobs. How did they help you help prepare you? Uh, for this job, which is 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 kind of unique in in the state of Texas, but how did it help you prepare uh, for this job? Well, you know, I started the coaching uh, the coaching profession a little late, you know. So, you know, when I finished uh, my, with my bachelor's at twenty five, and so I felt it was late, so I wanted to take a high school job. You know, I didn't want to start in middle school just because I felt I was already behind. And so, Brazosport was the first place that would offer me a high school job with no experience. And so we went 0-10 that year. And, you know, so little did I know that was going to, you know, that was, I was already being prepared for, for what was going to come later on down the road. And, uh, you know, Louise was 0-9, you know. Um, it, it's just, you know, without knowing, you know, I, I was seeing things happen happen that would help me, uh, you know, here, here at Diamond Hill. You know, that second year at Brazosport, um, James Brown, who's now at Mansfield, uh, Timberview or Timber Creek, one of the two, you know, he, he, he followed up a no and 10 season with the two and eight, you know, so I was able to see him, um, you know, maneuver through, through, uh, you know, hostile environment, if you will, and, uh, come out, you know, with two wins. So, you know, I, I did, I was able to witness some of that and, and kind of know, you know, this, this could, this might work here. This might not work here. Don't ever do that. <laughs> you know, that type of thing. <laughs> We're talking with Oscar Castillo, the head coach of the Diamond Hill Jarvis Eagles here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation. Hashtag TF Today. Uh, coach, I'm interested in what this offseason was like. I think that, uh, you know, when you've lost, you know, 77 in a row, that's the kind of thing that can weigh on kids, that can weigh on a program. Um, this was your second year at the helm, uh, so you've kind of gone through an entire season with them, and now your first really full, full offseason with them. What was this offseason like? Um, it, well, we hired a certified strength coach, you know, I knew that was, that was going to be important. Um, you know, and, and so it actually goes back to last football season. Um, you know, I don't know, a, a lot of people, you know, lift a couple of times, maybe three at the most, you know, I knew we were behind in the, in the strength category. So last football season, we were lifting four times a week, you know, during the season. And, uh, you know, and then we carried that on into the off season and, and we just, you know, it's been weight room, weight room, weight room, you know, and it's just, uh, you know, just trying to get that, that part up to par to where, where kids are, are bringing some power on the field and, and showing some explosiveness. Uh, so then, I, you know, we, we go back to uh, uh, to, to last week and, and your win over Dallas Conrad to snap the, the streak. Um, what is, you know, it's early still, but obviously results have been different. What is the difference between this team and maybe the teams of the past, you know, especially last year, which I know you're intimately familiar with? What What is the difference between this year and last year? Uh, there's just a lot more trust, you know. Now, I mean, when I first got here, uh, nobody wanted to lift, you know. It, it just it was kind of a, a forceful type thing. And now, you know, they know our, our weight room days are Monday, Wednesday, and, and they're here, and, and Saturday, and they're here, and they're ready to go, and, and – you know, and that they'll get upset if we don't lift. You know, if they're, if they're, you know, we have a Thursday game and, and it's kind of throwing us off and, you know, hey, you know what, we're, we're going to just lift twice this week. They get upset, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that type of thing. And then also the, the mental preparation that we preached when we first got here, um, it, it was lacking. You know, it's just kind of nonchalant. You know, we, it, you know, today's just game night, you know, not a big deal. And we, we tried to change it last year and, and we fought tooth and nail. But this year, just going into the first game, you could tell something was different. You know, you know, kids were uh, kind of the kid was cutting up, and, and the senior told him, "Hey, hey, it's game day." You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like you know he, he's doing it for us. You know, and that's kind of always a sign. You know, people always say that when the players are starting to take ownership. You know, and so so those are kind of different difference, uh, big differences that I that I've noticed. Uh, it was a resounding win. It wasn't just a, a victory. It was a, it was a big victory, forty to twelve over Dallas Conrad last week. And one of the big reasons uh, why you guys were so dominant was your ground game, and especially this running back, uh, Edric Hampton. Uh, he goes thirteen carries, one hundred and sixty eight yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, he had a long fifty seven yard run uh, there. Uh, he also caught three passes for 99 yards. This kid was all over the field. Uh, as the guy who gets to see him every day in practice, uh, you know, for folks who may not be familiar with this young man, what can you tell us about Edric Hampton? 
man, I don't, I, I, if there's a better kid, I'd like to meet him. Mm. I mean, this kid is unbelievable. You know, he, I mean, just, you know, another thing that was different, you know, I show up to two a days, I, I'm going to get there at five, you know, I can't sleep, you know, and, and he's waiting for me. He, him and a couple of other kids are waiting. He texted me at four in the morning, um, you know, asking me where I was at on the first day of two a days. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, man, I, you know, I just started my coffee, you know, I was trying to be there at five. I thought that was going to be plenty early, but he's like, coach, where are you at? <laughs> and that's the type of kid he is. And, and he just wants to work where he's so serious. He's so, you know, his first game that he was ever eligible to play last year was the last game of the season. And we got, we got uh, blown out by Springtown and he cried. And, and he cried and, and, you know, he said, never again, coach, never again. And I was like, I hope you're right. And, and we, we followed his leadership. I mean, he gets in the weight room and, and you can't, you can't, I mean, you have to work hard because you just feel bad being around him because he's just going and, and he just, uh, he, he's nonstop. A great kid, very respectful, great in the classroom. I mean, uh, he's just a great, great kid. And and a great a great player as well. I mean, the the numbers he put up in your win last week uh, were certainly impressive. But of course, that's that's in the past. And and uh, you're you know the the you guys got another game uh, tomorrow Friday night. It's North Dallas uh, taking on Diamond Hill Jarvis. This is going to be a seven thirty p.m. Friday night at Handley Field. Uh, I'm not going to ask you to give away your game plan or anything. But when you look at what you're up against against the North Dallas Bulldogs, uh, what do you see on the other side of the field? Uh, you know, I, we actually went and scouted them. You know, they they have size and speed. You know, and that's usually what we're lacking. You know, <laughs> you know. So it'll be interesting. Uh, and, and finally, coach, um, for you personally, um, this has been a job that I think a lot of people have been afraid of. Um, I think that that whenever you get that kind of long losing streak, it kind of gets its own. Uh, you know, it's it's it, it keeps people away. Um, why was this the right move for you? Why is this home for you? Um, I, I, honestly, I, I mean, I wish I had a good answer. You know, I thought about it. They've asked me that question a couple of times. And if I go back to that time, you know, back in 2010, you know, I was making some difficult decisions in my life. And uh, I ran across a quote that said, uh, the one thing you fear may be the only thing that sets you free, you know. And uh, so I kind of I started changing the way I was living my life, and and then in 2016 you know, I see it on the job board, you know, 17, and I I didn't apply for it right away, and, and I I never really knew why. I was kind of like maybe I'm not ready for this or ready to take this on, just where I was at in my life. And then part of me said I think I'm afraid of it, you know, because mm-hmm. you know I had never been fired, and, and you know if you don't get it done, that's usually what happens. And and I said you know what I'm not, I'm not afraid. Uh-oh. You know, I, I, I love a challenge. I love the underdog story. And then part of me felt like I, I might have been afraid of it. And, and I, I refuse to live my life like that anymore. It's fantastic. We're, we're so thrilled for you guys. Um, uh, one of the uh, one of uh, the one and O teams in the state of Texas, undefeated, the Diamond Hill Jarvis Eagles. Coach, we're so happy for you. Oscar Castillo of the Fort Worth Diamond Hill Jarvis Eagles. Coach, we're thrilled for you. Congratulations. Uh, best of luck. Go make it 2-0 and tomorrow night. Thank you. We'll definitely give it a shot. Thank you for your time and celebrating my kid. There he goes. Oscar Castillo, the head coach of the Diamond Hill Jarvis Eagles. Look, uh, we are, um, contrary to what our Facebook commenters may think, um, we don't actually care who wins high school football games 99.9% of the time. That's not something that we spend a lot of time and mental energy worrying about. Is is who wins? Mm-hmm. We just like we we like the stories. We like the uh, we like covered. Uh, I will be honest that on Thursday night, I was in Pittsburgh, and I think you were here. Yep, you were here, and we were in the Slack chat, and it was Step who first put out. He goes, "Hey, Diamond Hills up twenty to nothing, mm-hmm. or something like that," mm-hmm. and suddenly. With all due respect to those other Thursday night games. They no longer mattered. Every other game melted away. (laughs) Because when you've lost for seven and a half consecutive seasons, that I was so just in such a such a core way at the deep down in the in the cockles of my heart, Mm -hmm. I was I was so thrilled for them. Because those kids didn't stop working. 
when they when they lost seventy seven in a row, it wasn't because they weren't trying. Yeah. And to finally get that little bit of reward, and look, I don't think Dallas Conrad's a world beater. I don't think this is going to shoot them into the state rankings. And you know what? There's a fair possibility, and I mean this as respectfully as possible, I think there's a fair possibility that they're going to be underdogs in the rest of their nine games this year. But you know what? To have that one moment, to have that one moment where everything comes together and you get that little taste, that little taste of it being worth it, man... If that didn't warm your heart, then then maybe see a cardiologist because that's you just feel so good for them. Yeah, it's easy. It was an easy, easy team to root for. And even though my grandmother is a North Dallas grad, I'd kind of like to see them go two and zero. That'd be kind of fun. In any case, we appreciate Coach Oscar Castillo. He's been a man about town. He's been a, he's been on a number of shows, and for good reason. They snap a seventy seven game losing streak, but more importantly, they got a one game winning streak. Mm-hmm. So. We appreciate his time. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Big week two of Texas high school football on deck. A lot of big games all across the state. So why don't I make a fool of myself by predicting them? Here are my picks for week two of the Texas high school football season here on Texas Football Today. The fun's just getting started as we enter week two of the Texas high school football season. These are the picks. Welcome into the picks, your guide to Texas high school football weekend. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Here we are, week two of the Texas high school football season. Teams have one game under their belt. Maybe it's a win, maybe it's a loss. Maybe in some instances the power went out. But we're moving on to week two, big games all across the state. We start in Argyle. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Eagle Stadium in Argyle. It's a colossal 4A clash between the Waco La Vega Pirates and the Argyle Eagles. What are the keys to this matchup? Well, key number one, Land Pirates. This is a La Vega team that has a fantastic ground game. It was on full display in their week one win over Medina Valley. They ran for 538 yards. D'Amico Chambliss was fantastic. Alicia Cummings was excellent as well. They're going to want to grind this game down and run the ball right at Argyle. Can this fantastic Argyle defense, led by Chase Petter, their linebacker, hold up, or will it be another big game for the Land Pirates? Key number two, Flying Eagles. Last week in their season opening win over Stephenville, it was all about the aerial attack for Argyle and their junior quarterback, Bo Hogaboom. He put on a show with his two receivers, Dylan Carter and Adam Schlater, doing most of the damage. Now, La Vega's defense is really, really solid. They had three interceptions last week against Medina Valley. So who wins when Argyle takes to the air? Can the La Vega defense hold up, or will it be another big game for Bo Hogaboom and company? And key number three, how long is Argyle's memory? You may remember that this is a rematch of the 2015 4A Division I state championship game between La Vega and Argyle, in which La Vega took home a bit of a stunning 33-31 upset win over Argyle to win their first ever state championship. Now, these seniors would have been freshmen that year. It's possible they don't remember it, but it's also possible that They do. It's possible that these Argyle seniors remember losing to La Vega. In a close game, can that be one small motivating factor that pushes Argyle over the top? Who am I picking? I'm going with Argyle. I think it's a close one, but I've been so impressed with this offense already hitting its stride, and I think shaking a couple of demons last week with their win over Stephenville. Now, make no mistake, this La Vega defense is going to be a step up from Stephenville, and I think they've got a shot to really keep them in the game. And if they can play that game of ball control and solid defense, La Vega's got a great shot in this one. But for now, I like the homestanding Eagles. Give me Argyle. Meanwhile, 7 o'clock Friday night at Chaparral Stadium in Austin. It's a 6A clash between the Cy Ranch Mustangs and the Westlake Chaparrals. What are the keys to this matchup? Well, key number one, Cy Ranch is ball security. Last week in their season opening win, it was steady as she goes for the Mustangs and their quarterback, Logan McDougald, who took care of the ball. When you add in their running back, Willie Eldridge, things went really well for the Mustangs taking care of the football. Now, Westlake, on the other hand, their defense forced three turnovers in their season 
season opening win over Belton. Every time that Cy Ranch turns the ball over is going to be very, very painful for them because of how efficient this Westlake offense is. So can Cy Ranch hold on to the ball? That's a big key in this one. Key number two, Westlake's offensive balance. So if you know Westlake, you know they like to throw the ball around, and you probably know about their quarterback, Taylor Anderson, and he's pretty great. But the real star of last week, in my mind, was their running back, Trip Graham, who ran for more than 150 yards to really give this Shaps offense some balance. Can the Cy Ranch defense, led by the outstanding defensive back, Rance McInnes, take away one element of the Chaparral's game plan? If they do that and make them one-dimensional, I think Cy Ranch has a great shot in this one. And key number three, the battle on the sidelines. I think these are two of the very best coaches in Texas high school football about to go at it on Friday night. On one hand, you've got Westlake's Todd Dodge, who I think he needs no introduction at this point. What he's done at Southlake Carroll and now at Westlake really speaks for itself. On the other sideline, you've got Gene Johnson from Cy Ranch, and I think this guy is perpetually underrated as a coach. Of course, he guided Cy Ranch to their first state championship game a couple of years ago, but he has consistently built this program into a winner, and he knows when to push the right buttons. So, in a game that figures to be close, who can make that one adjustment and outcoach the other? Who am I picking? I'm going with Westlake. I think being at home helps in this one, but beyond that, I think they have the single individual best player in their quarterback, Taylor Anderson. He really impressed me last week against Belton. I'm very interested to see what this quarterback for Cy Ranch, Logan McDougal, does for an encore after a very impressive debut. But for now, I think Westlake holds serve at home. Give me the shafts. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Jack Sportsman Bobcat Stadium in Refurio. It's a fantastic matchup of state-ranked teams as Refurio takes on Goliath. And this is basically strength on strength at its best. You've got the Refurio defense, which stymied Tidehaven last week and figures to be one of the very best in 2A, going up against a Goliath team led by quarterback Rocky Morris that looked every bit the part of a state title contender in hanging 70 in their opener. Who gives in this one? I think it's very close, but for now... I think I'm going with Refurio. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Richard R. Flores Stadium in Edinburgh. It's a big-time battle in the Rio Grande Valley between Edinburgh, Vela, and Brownsville, Hannah. I think there's an argument that these are the two very best teams in the Rio Grande Valley going at it. I think this is going to tell us a lot about what this entire region looks like throughout the season. To me, the game-breaker here is Daniel Enriquez, the do-it-all athlete for Vela. I think he makes one big play to put them over the top, giving the Sabercats. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Knight Stadium in Lindsay. It's the Kraut Bowl between the Munster Hornets and the Lindsay Knights. One of the very best rivalries in the state is going to be renewed in this one up there in Texoma land. Uh, you, you come for the rivalry, but stay for the quarterback matchup. Parker McGrew, the dual threat quarterback for Munster, you probably know a little bit about. But this quarterback, Seth Foster for Lindsay, is something special and could be a name to know. For now, I'm going with the defending state champs, giving the Hornets. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Indian Stadium in Port Neches. It's Piney Woods meets Golden Triangle as Port Neches Groves welcomes in Huntsville. Keep an eye on this Huntsville team. This Hornets squad has something special this year. Could be a big-time 5A sleeper. But, look, Port Neches Groves has the most electrifying player in the state in Rashawn Johnson. He put on a show last week. I expect him to put on a show this week. I'm going with Port Neches Groves. And 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Memorial Stadium in Hutto. It's a really interesting Central Texas clash between the Hutto Hippos and the Liberty Hill Panthers and a big-time clash in styles here. You know what Hutto is going to do with their new coach, Brad LaPlante. They want to spread it out and let quarterback Chase Griffin work his magic. Meanwhile, Liberty Hill wants to grind you into dust with that slot T offense. This is a fascinating matchup, and I'm interested to see what Liberty Hill does against a bigger team, quite literally, a 4A team versus a 5A team. For now, though, being at home helps. I like the Hutto Hippos in a close one, but certainly keep your eye on this one. But those are far from the only big games in week two of the Texas high school football season. Let's get to the lightning round. Amarillo Tascosa takes down rival Amarillo. I think Carthage moves to 2-0 with a win over Liberty Ilo. And in a close one, give me Corpus Christi Cal Allen to take down Corpus Christi Flower Bluff. Cedar Hill stays hot with a win over Denton. Guy giving the Buckaroos of Breckenridge to take down Comanche. And I like Crawford to beat Clifton. Eagle Pass beats San Antonio Southwest, El Paso Montwood beats El Paso Eastlake, and Euless Trinity keeps rolling with a win over Saxe. Galena Park North Shore beats Fort Bend Ridgepoint, Love Lady beats Tenaha, and give me Lubbock Coronado over Lubbock Cooper. Madisonville edges Woodville, Andrews outguns Monahans, and Hamlin takes down Monday. 
Reagan County beats Ballinger, San Antonio Brennan beats San Antonio Warren, and Cisco tops Wall. Wascom speeds past West Rusk, and in our six-man game of the week, I like Follett to beat Turkey Valley. And those are the picks. What am I wrong about? Which games did I leave out? Leave comments down below. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks for watching. Enjoy week two of the Texas high school football season. We'll see you. There it is, my, color, my high school football predictions for week two of the Texas high school football season. And, look, I'm a man of my word. Last week I said I would get at least one game correctly, and I did. Galena Park North Shore beat Katie. Wait, did I take Katie? Mm. I think mm. I took Katie. Mm. Uh-oh. Mm. I need to go back and make sure I got a game right. No, I took Longview. There you go. There you go. I took Longview over Lufkin. That's what I did. So, at least one. And I will make that bold proclamation again today. We've already got people complaining about your picks. Oh, I know. That's you didn't pick Manville at Crosby. I know. So, I will be 100% honest. There are two games that, like, immediately as soon as I recorded, I remembered I forgot. One was Crosby-Manville, and one was Longview-Marshall. Those are good. Those are the two. And so, I will take um, take Crosby over Manville. Ooh. And I'll take Longview over Marshall. How's that? There's some bonus picks for you, That's just for tuning in. A little dicey. I had a lot of people, too, uh, before we move on to uh, the worst segment in the history of mankind. Mm-hmm. Pointing out that the uh, only Cubs snapped their streak last week, too. Yes, they it did. It was a good week for snapping the, the bad streaks. The only Cubs and uh, the uh, – um, who was it? Um, equipment. Yep. Equipment. Uh, uh, equipment. The, uh, the, the, the Wildcats? Is that right? Bulldogs. Equipment Bulldogs. Bulldogs. The Equipment Bulldogs uh, had, I believe, the third longest active losing streak, and they snapped their losing streak. Big day for snap – big week for snapping losing streaks. Uh, and again – those are the types of things that I think it's easy to feel good for and that we can all unite and say, yep, awesome, mm-hmm. great, you got that win. So there's that. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com, slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com, slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Mm. You know, sometimes in life, there comes a moment when we need a hero. And that hero comes in the form of America's favorite segment, Free Money! For your bookie. Free money. For your bookie. My college football picks against the spread. So last week I went six and five. Um, Ish went four and seven. Mm-hmm. Rough week for Ish, mm-hmm. uh, and the coin, <laughs> the coin went one and four. Okay, so it was a rough week for everybody. But uh, we're gonna rally here. We're gonna rally here. A full slate is it ten? There's a lot. Ten, yeah, it's ten games. games. That's what I know. Uh, ranging from Friday at seven o'clock all the way. I don't know about you. Do you get like excited whenever there's a reason to watch Hawaii football? <sighs> Yes, but uh, God, that's late. I'm old. We'll get into that. Max, what is our first game on free money? All righty. It's uh, the battle for the iron skillet. Mm-hmm. 16 TCU coming to the hilltop, taking on SMU, 7 p.m. Friday. The Horn Frogs, not surprisingly, are massive favorites, 22.5 points, and that, uh, I don't know, that might be conservative based on how uh, SMU looked. I got to tell you. So I was at the North Texas SMU game, and there were times like I was at the, in our in in our career here, Max. Mm-hmm. We've had to watch some bad football teams. Yeah. Okay, uh, 2016 UTEP was really bad. 2017 UTEP was really bad. 2017 Rice was really bad. Uh, we have had some teams that we have had to watch that were like borderline unwatchable. Yeah. SMU had a lot of those hallmarks last Ooh. week. They looked awful. And for me, the biggest I, I do not think that they have I I do not think that they necessarily realized how much they were going to miss Trey Quinn um and Corlin Sutton. Yeah. Because as as good as I think James Prochet is, like he's not a he's not a, he's I don't think he's a number one receiver. 
Right. I think he's I think he's a really solid number two receiver, but they don't have a number one on the on that yeah. on the thing. Beyond that, Ben Hicks does not look like he's improved his accuracy. The offensive line was getting shredded by a North Texas defense that is improving, improving, but, but certainly not a world beater. Still, CUSA defense. Yeah. Going up now against TCU, who I don't know how much of that TCU Southern game you watched, and I don't know why you'd watch much of it. <laughs> uh, it was a bloodbath. Yeah. But. TCU looked like a team that from the get-go was ready for contention. Mm-hmm. They looked every bit the part. I thought Sean Robinson looked really good. I think his legs add another dimension. His arm was good. Good, and that's all they needed to be. I don't think it's I don't think it's amazing. I don't think he's gonna lead the lead the world in passing, but he doesn't necessarily need to be. But more importantly, the defense looked just outrageous. I like TCU to cover this twenty two and a half. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take TCU. Um, we're gonna give the coin a week off. Um, Fair enough. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take TCU uh, minus twenty two and a half. I think they cover that. I just man, the only thing that's the only thing that scares me about that is much like what happened against North Texas, where for three quarters that was a bludgeoning, bludgeoning, and then a bunch of nonsense in the fourth quarter with twos in. Right. That's the only way I could see a backdoor cover for SMU. But for me, I like TCU uh, minus twenty two and a half. What's next, Max? Fair enough. Let's head down southeast Texas for the Kevin Sumlin Bowl. Mm-hmm. Arizona at Houston, 11 a.m. Saturday. Houston, a narrow three-and-a-half-point favorite. This game kind of snuck up on me. Um, and and for a game which, you know, Arizona lost to BYU last week and did not look particularly good offensively. Nope. Uh, I think that this was, you know, we, we hyped up a lot of what Khalil Tate was going to do. Uh, but can't, he was can't do a lot of it if you make him a pocket passer. Correct, and they they did not let him run. Um, he ran the ball eight times for fourteen yards, um, and to me, that is going to be the story of this game. If Khalil Tate is able to get out and run, that's bad news for basically anybody Arizona plays because mm-hmm. he's a special runner. He's a fine thrower. He's a yeah. special runner. Um, the good news for Houston in this one is that they seem very likely to be able to make that happen. Now, to be able to, to contain him. Maybe. Now, here's the thing about Houston, and I don't know if, if their, their game against Rice bothered you last week, especially early. Uh, as the person charged with watching it, yes. Yeah. Yes, it did. They started awful slow offensively. Yeah. Uh, defense was... Underwhelming, but figured it out. I mean, yeah. they 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 came on late. the uh, The offense was 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 not good in the early going. If they start off slow, there's a fair chance they could, they could get they could then Arizona could be happy to trade scores with them. Right. For now, though, I am going to go with Houston. I think, I think that they, I think that they st- I think that they 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 got a lot of those week one jitters out. I think that now they understand the toys that they have. I think now they understand exactly what Kendall Bryles is going to, how he's going to call a game. I like Houston to cover the two, the three and a half. I'm going to take Houston minus three and a half. I think that's the right call. I would say the key thing with the Houston Rice game was they won the second half, twenty-eight to three. That's yeah. what you expect, and I expect that team to show up in the first half. If that one. if that team shows up in the first half, I think they win comfortably. So I'm going to go with uh, UH. What's next, Max? Lamar heading out west. Play Texas Tech 3 p.m. Saturday. There is no line on the game, as there should not be. Yeah, so this is a, a get-right game for Tech. Uh, this is a game that, that they should... Lick your uh, wounds. Now, I will say this. Did you see what Lamar did in their opener? I did see that. So, oh, by the way, we got a question yesterday. I got a, a, a tweet from somebody who asked, is the heat check coming back? <laughs> it is. I promise you it is. Yeah. Uh, my illness has kind of uh, held that back a week, so nah. I will take full... Ex- uh, full ex- uh, no, this is, this is me being too busy to do the heat check. So... That's that's all this is. This is not Greg. This is me going. I still have only updated 18 teams in the heat check, but the goal is to get them updated by the time the next one kicks off. So we should be good. 70 to 7, they hang on Kentucky Christian. Um Daryl Colbert their quarterback mm-hmm. was excellent. Um this is not a bad Lamar team. And if Texas Tech comes out and I don't even want to say that. <laughs> I just don't think it's true. I I don't want to give Lamar fans hope. <sighs> 
if Texas Tech basically just like throws their jock on the field and expects to win, Lamar's a competent football team. I want to be clear about that. I think they're a competent football team. That said, Tech's going to roll in this one. I expect them to be, if they don't, let's put it this way, if they don't name their score, there's big, big, big problems uh, in Lubbock. Yeah, the clock will start ticking at that point. All right, Max, I think we got a big one next. I guess. I don't think it's a very difficult one. Uh, number two, Clemson, heading into Kyle Field, 6 p.m. Saturday. A&M, a 12-point dog. I think that is generous. Really? I do. You don't – you you think this – I don't know why we suddenly think A&M is, like, that good. So – I think they will be. Yeah. I, I have faith. I think Jimbo will get this turned around. I think they will be good. But uh, I don't expect this to be close. So – Clemson looked uh, pretty good against Furman, yeah. but that's that's Furman, that's Furman. Uh, grain of salt. Now, here is here. If you are an A and M fan, and you're you start looking around and you saying, "All right, say all right, what matchups can we win? What matchups can we win?" I think that they are most likely going to come on the defensive side. I don't think this. I don't think it. Maybe this is a. a, 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 a I'm gonna. I'm gonna feel bad about saying this. I don't think this Clemson offense is this gigantic world beater. It's not what it's been. It's not what it's been for sure. I feel like they like Kelly Bryant, but they really like this freshman Hunter Lawrence. Trevor, uh, Trevor or, Lawrence. Or Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Who's Hunter Lawrence? Why do I, I know, know Hunter Lawrence? I don't Lawrence? know either. Anyway, um, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. They really like this freshman. Yeah. Uh, but they either one of them are. Good, but probably not the best quarterback they're going to see this year. Right. Um, so to me, I do think that the, you know, and especially what they did defensively last week, I was impressed with, with what AM did. So if you're looking for where they can win this thing, I think it's going to be on the defensive side. I do think that their defense could give them, could stymie them a little bit. Okay? There's that. Mm-hmm. We do have to put that aside for a moment and talk about the big, giant, glaring elephant in the room, which is that Clemson's defense is a godless killing machine. Yeah, man. They are incredible, and especially in the front seven. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about a, an A&M team that is, at this point, you know, in the early going, pretty reliant on being able to run the ball. I mean, they got a huge game from Travion Williams last week. Mm-hmm. I do not expect Travion Williams to run for 240 yards again. I don't. Nope. He may need to, to win this game. I do not expect that. And so a lot of this is going to come down to, look, I mean, look, the bottom line is, this is when the test actually begins for Kellen Mond. He has to be transcendent in this game to win this game for a and I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think right now it's going to happen. In, in a year, I'd be super interested in seeing this game. For now, though, I'm going to take Clemson to cover the 12th. Uh, I like Clemson minus 12 uh, against uh, the Aggies. What's next, Max? Robert Wolf, Aggie superfan, says the Aggies will win by 10. And look, no one wants that more than us. I, we, love, we I will, love the faith. We will take the Aggies as sudden title contenders in this office. because This that would, be would be super fun. We would love it. It would be a lot of fun to cover. Uh, I, I think just don't that's, see it happening a, right now. It's a bit rich. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, I just don't, I, I don't see it happening based on the evidence we have on hand. Love to be Present. surprised. Love to be surprised. I just yeah. don't see it happening right now. 6 p.m. Saturday night. Baylor going down to the Dome. Play on, playing UTSA. Baylor a 15-and-a-half point favorite. Yeah, did you see the uh, the the dud, the turd that UTSA laid in their not, opener? Not great. It was bad. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, uh, you know, and, and, and again, and stop me if you've heard this before. Stop me if you've heard this before, but UTSA couldn't run the ball. Yeah. UTSA finished with two yards rushing. That's not good. Two. Um, they can't run the ball, and, and they cannot ask Cordell Grundy to go out there and win games for them. That's just not realistic. Now, look, I don't think Baylor's defense is a world beater. I don't think they were incredible last week, but I do think that they are good enough to hold down this UTSA attack right now. And then the question is going to be, okay, well, the Baylor offense looked good last week uh, against Abilene Christian. This is going to be a bigger challenge for them. But for now, man, I think that Baylor wins this game. It's, it's even on the road. Uh, I'm going to take them to cover this one. Uh, I think Baylor. I think Baylor covers the 15 and a half. Uh, yeah. Give me the Bears. All righty. 
Let's see. What next? Poor uh, Ishmael. <laughs> 6 p.m. Saturday. Texas Southern coming in to San Marcos to take on Texas State. There is no line in this one, but are you a little nervous? I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous, too. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> Sorry, uh, So Texas Southern, uh, Texas Southern beat UT, uh, UT Permian Basin in their opener, 26-16. Um, to 16. And, by the way, do you know who had a receiving touchdown on that game? I don't. Turn Davian Dixon. Hey! Remember him? Yeah. Remember him? I do. Um, this is a Texas Southern team. That is going to basically they want to they want to throw the ball they want to they they threw for two hundred thirty five yards last week uh, their their quarterback uh, Glenn Kuliet I'm probably butchering that uh, is solid look guys um, Texas State better win this game uh, because otherwise things get really really dark on the uh, Everett Withers timeline mm-hmm. um, we, we get into a very dark universe I'm going to I'm going to take Texas State to cover that's really more of my heart than my head um, but well, I'm uh, just to win basically outright. there's to win no outright. line yeah I think they're going to I think they're going to win give me Texas State what's next Max fair enough next game Oh, poor Incarnate Word. Oh, this is going to be... Oh, Incarnate Word goes to North Texas, 6.30 p.m. Saturday, no line. Oh, it's going to be bad. Did you see what Incarnate Word did in week one? Uh, yes. They lost 62-30 to 30 to New Mexico. They scored 30. They scored 30. <laughs> um, um, I've got to tell you that if New Mexico, who I believe is still running the triple option... Under Bob Davey. Yeah, like out of the pistol or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. If they hang 62 on Incarnate Word, oh boy. I shudder to yeah. think what Mason Fine is going to do. Yeah. I will take the mean green. Fair enough. What's next? Oh, boy. We're just, we're already, it's week two and we're already at these games. We're like, oh, what if this goes wrong? Tulsa at Texas, 7 p.m. Saturday night. Texas is a 23 point favorite. And How? I, I don't know. I mean, and look, I'm going to say this is PTSD from years of the of Houston and SMU laying eggs against Tulsa when they should have beat them, but oh boy. Okay, now I want to be clear about this. Tulsa's not very good. No. Uh, they squeaked by Central Arkansas last week, 30, yeah. 38-27 at home. Um, this is a team that is now kind of – they're kind of trying to remake themselves – um, they're trying to remake themselves as a running team. Uh, they ran the ball pretty well, 274 yards last year. They got or uh, last week they got Shamari Brown and Corey Taylor, or Shamari Brooks and Corey Taylor Jr. And so Texas had better probably load up and try to stop the run. I don't want to bury Texas, okay? Because I do think that they are better than they showed in their opener against Maryland. I do think they're better, and I think they'll figure some things out. And I think they're going to cover. I think being at home is going to help. I think that there's going to be a lot more things that are normalized for them. I'm going to take Texas. I think that they shake off a lot of cobwebs. I think that they cover this. I think they win this game comfortably. Um, I'm going to say that Texas covers the 23, which is kind of crazy to say considering what they looked like last week. I I trust that they are going to figure things out. I trust that last week they are they are better than what they showed last week. I'm going to take the Longhorns minus 23. What's next? Oh, boy. Yeah, and I should <laughs> Brent Holman, uh veteran was like you said PTSD law. I should be clear, sports PTSD. Sports I do not PTSD. mean to take PTSD lightly. No. I'm exactly. just I'm just a, I'm a wounded football fan. Yes. Just I'm sorry. Sports These teams are so disappointing, Brent. Sports shock. <sighs> anyway, 8 p.m. Saturday in fabulous Las Vegas. UTEP taking on UNLV. UTEP is a 23-and-a-half-point dog to UNLV. This is this is the darkest this timeline. This is where we are, people. This is the darkest timeline. Um, so UNLV is going to try to do one thing. They are going to try to run the ball. They ran for 308 yards on USC last week. Uh, they've got a, a dual-threat quarterback in Armani Rogers that they feel pretty good about. Their running back, Lexington Thomas, went over 130 yards last week. Um, on the on the flip side, um, if we must talk about about UTEP, it was a bad debut for for Dana Dimmel, and and more more importantly, um, they, uh, uh, they but but the thing is that they gave up. There's nothing. There's nothing. It's all bad. It's all bad. It's all bad. Uh, they lost by twenty in a game they should never lose. Yeah, the offense just isn't very good, guys. 
Like the offense doesn't have an identity. And it's just it's just all bad. Now, 23 and a half is a lot to ask for a bad team. And but so there's a there's an old gambling adage that you don't ask bad to do good. Mm-hmm. What do you do when bad meets bad? That's a buff. Yeah. Here I want to be very clear. Do not gamble on this game. <laughs> don't. I am picking this entirely based on fun for now. I'm going to take UTEP. Oh, God. I think they keep it close. Ugh. Give me UTEP. I'm a I'm a ruthless ruthless Texas homer. I'm taking I'm, I'm a state of Texas homer. I'm taking UTEP. Ugh. Go Miners. All right. Oh, I feel bad about that already. Closing it out. 10.59 p.m. Yeah! Saturday. Rice travels to the islands to take on Hawaii, where they are a 17-point dog. So, I don't know if you've noticed this, but, like, Hawaii's pretty good? Yeah, man. Uh, Hawaii's, two, Hawaii's 2-0, and and they, they really look like vintage Hawaii. Now, what that means is that they score a bunch, 51 points a game. And they also give up a lot, 37 points a game. They have a quarterback in Cole McDonald who is awesome. He's good. This guy's awesome. Now, what's interesting is that I don't think Rice has faced a team yet because Houston Houston does throw the ball, and they certainly threw the ball with a fair bit of success, at least in the second half last week against they Rice. Were, here's what I'll say as watching that. Rice was getting smoked over the top. Yeah. Like, that was the one thing, and nothing else was working. Kendall dialed up plays over the top, and they got crushed. Yes. And that, I feel like, is what's going to happen on yeah. the islands. That's kind of what I – the other thing is, there, there is a – I believe the gambling adage is that the island gives them a touchdown. Right. So – Basically, what you're saying is that uh, they're starting this game as 10-point dogs yep. in, a, in a neutral setting. I'm going to say that I'm going to say Rice cover, or I'm sorry, I'm going to say uh, Hawaii covers this. I think they cover the 17. But if you have not experienced the joy of watching a Hawaii game lately, mm. do yourself a favor and stay up late and watch a little bit. Hawaii is actually my wife's second favorite college football team because whenever we would be in college, we would we would come home from the bars and it would be like halftime. And my wife's a college football junkie, so we would watch the Hawaii game. So there you go. Uh, I'm going to go with Hawaii minus 17. So my free money picks for week two, I'm going to go with TCU minus 22.5 over SMU. I'm going to go with Houston minus 3.5 over Houston. I'm going to go with Tech over Louisiana, uh, Lamar. rather. I'm going to go with Clemson minus 12 over Texas A&M. Give me Baylor minus 15.5 over UTSA. Give me Texas State over Texas Southern. Give me North Texas over Incarnate Word. Give me Texas minus 23 over Tulsa. Give me UTEP plus 23.5 over UNLV because you got to believe in something. And uh, give me Hawaii <laughs> minus 17 over Rice. A lot of favorites this week. Taking a lot of favorites. Don't feel great yes. about that, but I'm taking a lot of favorites. No. Those are my free money picks. Now, that was the America's favorite segment. Let's go to Max Thompson for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. I'm pretty sure this is the better segment. It won't let you down the same way. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> it won't cost you as much. It's true. It won't. Uh, Clint Gold says you're uh, looking better today. You look like death warmed over yesterday. I do. I, I Thank you. I, I do feel better. I think he looks just as bad. Um, I feel better, and... I think I, I really do think that I'm on the back end of this. Yeah, well, I, I won't go into detail, but no, things are getting better. Yeah, you're. Please don't. Just ugh. Uh, a lot of good questions here. Uh, Todd Gleaton asks, "What are your thoughts on the big John Tyler loss, boy?" Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot there. I don't know if you want to tackle it today or if we'll just start tomorrow's show with that. Well, I'll because... tell you that. I know Matt Stepp has a little bit more insight into it. Yeah, it'll so be I'd good. So, to him. Yeah, Todd, we'll, uh, if you remember to ask that tomorrow, I'll definitely make sure we get to it. Hopefully I remember off the top of the show, but whew, there's a lot to, lot to unpack there. Yeah. Uh, Mike Williams also points out some big games in East Texas this weekend. Van versus Gilmer, Lufkin Huge. versus Nacogdoches. Those yes. will be fun. Uh, Robert Wolf, uh, going back to Oscar Castillo's interview, says, if you've got an athlete texting and asking where you are at 4 a.m., that is dedication. That's a keeper, man. Yeah, man. That's a, that's a captain is what that is. That, uh, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, let's see. Who else? We've got a lot of people. As a reminder, I'll always say, if you've got games that you want specific predictions of, come back tomorrow. The Friday Mailbag is where we'll answer all your questions about your teams and the games this weekend. Matt Stepp will be here to uh, take the abuse. Um, yes, he will. 
And I, that goes for you too, Brent. He's asking about uh, what we thought about Graham after week one. They never stopped fighting in that loss to Hershey. It's true. Uh, that's a, that's a, I will say this because I won't be here tomorrow, so yeah. I do want to get this takeoff about Graham. Yeah. Um, I think that that was an overall positive result. Right. I know it's a loss, but I right. think that that's an overall positive result because there were so many questions about Graham. Right. And a lot of them got answered, and even though they didn't get answered in a, in, in a win, I think they got answered in, in a positive way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Corey Hogue, our man out in Wichita Falls, and our LSC expert says uh, Permian Basin is a middle Lone Star Conference team at best. Not an impressive win for Texas Southern, but it was weather delayed for hours. Still, all that really does, Corey, is just make us more nervous about Texas State losing. <laughs> That's that doesn't make us feel any better, uh, and I'm sure I'm sure Ish feels the same way. Sean Burnett, the Manville fan, says he'll take that bet with you on Crosby, and I, I'm on his side. I, I think that's. Uh, I don't know, man. Man, uh, man. I was impressed with I was impressed with Manville in Week One. Yeah. Um, I was impressed with Crosby in Week One. Yeah. Uh, beating New Caney, that's a decent New Caney team. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Crosby. Okay. Uh, he also throws in, hey, uh, as miners, they are good at digging holes for themselves. Well, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com. Uh, Sean, I just want, like, Jacob John and Dave Sean Campbell. Burnett. They just need to be my and writers. Have them Texas come in every day. Vince Young, please get your Player of the Year trophy. Matt Stepp will be here tomorrow, thank God, on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.